Hello, everyone. We're here. Chatter from Underground Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cool Breeze. And how you doing, everyone? It's Nick, your friendly bartender, coming back for another round. And I'm Amber. And today, on today's episode of Chatter from the Underground, we'll be un- we will be discussing the Yellowstone Caldera, better known as the Yellowstone Supervolcano. And these are the facts as we know them. This is both a caldera and a supervolcano located in Yellowstone National Park in the western United States. A caldera is a large basin-like depression resulting from the explosion or collapse of the center of a volcano. A supervolcano is an unusually large volcano, having the potential to produce an eruption with major effects on the global climate and ecosystem. This includes a volcanic center that has had an eruption of magnitude 8 on the volcano explosivity index. This is the largest possible magnitude on the index registered by scientists. To put this into perspective, the Mount St. Helens eruption of 1980 was only a level 5 on the index. The Yellowstone caldera formed over the last three super eruptions that have happened approximately 640,000 years ago. This eruption sent approximately 1,000 cubic kilometers of dust, ash, and rock into the sky to spread across a very large area. The caldera is the second largest known on Earth, with the largest being twice as big and located underwater near the Philippines. The Yellowstone Caldera is approximately 43 by 28 miles in size. Uh, For those not using miles, that's 70 by 45 kilometers. The the caldera lies over what is known as the Yellowstone Hotspot, a magma field that expands well past the edges of the caldera and even into other states. According to the analysis of earthquake data in 2013, the magma chamber is... 80 kilometers long, 20 kilometers wide. It also has 4,000 cubic kilometers of underground volume, of which 6 to 8% is filled with molten rock. Volcanic and tectonic activity in the region cause between 1 and 2,000 measurable earthquakes annually. Uh, Some years actually go up to 5,000. Geologists monitoring the elevation of the Yellowstone Plateau estimate that the ground rises approximately 150 millimeters per year due to the changes in magma chamber pressure. The National Science Foundation estimates that it will be another one to two million years before the next super eruption. They also predict that when the explosion does happen, it will destroy an area hundreds of kilometers wide and cover the rest of the U.S. and Canada in several inches of volcanic ash. The most recent monthly update about the region from the United States Geological Society has the alert level listed as normal and the color code listed as green. And now that we have a basic understanding of the facts, let's discuss. All right. Thanks, Amber. Those are some uh, pretty fantastic and eye-opening facts. And it's just amazing. The sleeping giant that sleeps underneath, uh, it's uh, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And it's a little scary. And the big question is, is Yellowstone due for an eruption? That's, uh, that's, that's crazy. Uh, so it's like, it's like uh, a lot of people say, oh, no, nah, we got a long time. Some people say, 
could be any minute, any hour, any day. But whenever it does happen, whoever's around screws is basically what I heard and all, all the stuff that, that Amber said. It's pretty much nothing we yeah, can do, it, huh? It sounds like the entire North America is pretty much done for if that happens. And we've discussed uh, nuclear winter and such, and that would be one of the huge... There's, there's so many implications that come from this, from uh, nuclear winter to uh, temperature change. I believe that's uh, what I'd heard of. Uh, the Earth could be cooled by as much as 12 degrees for as long as a decade or two, um, which is obviously devastating. But on the other side of the coin, it's not humanity destroying, um, which is also something that people don't think about when they think about super volcanoes uh, and huge destructive events. This isn't the exact same thing as, um, say, uh, a meteor hitting the Earth and everything being destroyed. It does rely, uh, when you think about a supervolcano, I think about the rebuilding afterwards and what's going to happen afterwards. Um, it's almost a total breakdown of society, and it's a little scary, but it's also one of those things you think of. It's a, 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 a scary beautiful, where can humanity come together if such an event were to happen? Personally, no, I'm just thankful that Yellowstone is one of the lesser populated states. Yeah, that's true. And it really sucked that somebody got rid of those guidestones. We could have used that if this uh, volcano erupted. But um, we're just going to figure it out. But but uh, one thing I saw, I mean, um, so there there are two sides to all this. Is the side of who they say are the scientists, and they say that, oh, it's a long time from now. We don't have to worry about it in our generation. And then there's a side of the people who say, oh, no, it's based on the evidence they presented. It could happen any day. So I say, let's, you know, look at both sides. So let's start off with the side that says it's going to erupt pretty soon and we should be getting ready now. Uh, have you all heard anything about that or seen anybody talking about that recently? I, there's always something new about that uh, in the news, on YouTube, Facebook, wherever. Um, one of the things that comes to mind for me is, you know, do we, can we ever really accurately predict volcano eruptions? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, when I was reading about Michael, uh, Poland, he's a ge geophysicist and, uh, very, very tied to Yellowstone itself. He has a quote that says volcanoes don't work on a timeline and it's like, okay, that's good. Or wait, maybe that's bad, because wouldn't at least a timeline we could predict? And he's saying it as a um, almost an assured thing, like, don't worry, it's not due for an eruption, uh, and literally use that quote. Maybe if it was on a timeline, maybe it's something if we could predict, uh, maybe hey, if we knew it was going to be in 20 years from now, we'd be spending these 20 years getting prepared. Maybe that'd be some pretty massive, uh, uh, just massive what, what the, uh, craze. It could be one of those things where... Uh, getting ready 20 years it could be 20 years of breakdown 20 years of social injustice of uh class separation it could be 20 years that uh, the world's not ready for where it's just like ah you know what let's not tell everybody it's going to erupt tomorrow let's uh, maybe it'd be better off if we just roll the dice and see what happens that's insane Jimmy. i was looking up uh no nah, you can go, go ahead amber uh i was looking up some stats they had and it's like they said the it's it's erupted three times that they know of one was 2.1 million years ago. The next one was 1.3 million years ago. And then the last one was about 640,000 years ago. And they said, based on that timeline, we're actually around the time for another eruption. And so that, the, that's, that's like the main thing that people who believe is happening now go by, that 
because at that time, at like a 2.1, 1.3, 640,000 years ago, that around this time is where it is now. I mean, it's a pretty big range, you know, based on our finite minds that, you know, most of us live to be anywhere from, what, 70 to 80. But it's a, it's a big range that it could fall into, but it could happen around now based off how we use our resources now. Back then, nobody was digging. Nobody had big machinery. You know, fracking wasn't involved. So that could help move the earth a lot more than it did way back then, especially with, you know, climate, how it changes the smoke from smokestacks or whatever. It could be a whole bunch of different things that could accelerate it. And that's one of the things that they use to say why they think it's going to happen. It could. Um, one of the things that I saw was, you know, one of the likely triggers is the movement of tectonic plates. One of the tectonic plates that's over that is the Pacific. And California's just waiting for the next big one. So when that quake happens, what's going to happen to that tectonic plate? How far is it going to shift? Too. Is it going to trigger the next explosion? Um, but, and they uh, say yeah, Yellowstone yeah. has about 25 earthquakes a week. What? What I read, it averages about 25, so it could be a little bit more, a little bit less. 25 earthquakes a week, so that could really help accelerate it as well. I, I would like to point out that those are measurable earthquakes, which means they are a 1.5 or higher. Yeah, and I'll also say, um, we all know about uh, Old Faithful, the uh, geyser that uh, we haven't brought up. Um, uh, Old Faithful, uh, it is uh, the most famous uh it is, used to erupt every hour, but due to earthquake damage over the years, it now erupts uh, on average every 88 minutes. They generally say every 90 minutes, and then you can give or take 10 minutes on either of those sides. So just talking about tectonic plates and earthquakes, even we've, it, we've seen the evidence that it has affected that, uh, that it has affected even that part of the park. Uh, it, it, if it's going to affect inwards, yeah, it's only going to, hey. Uh, ripple on out so that's absolutely something that i could see happening with a uh eruption and they're gonna have to change his name to old maybe <laughs> sometimes maybe <I> don't know. <laughs> um what baffles me is if they're saying it's gonna be another million or so years before this thing erupts then why is the united states geological survey doing monthly surveys of this this is true. It's actually, uh, it is the uh, most or one of the most monitored uh, areas on Earth. Uh, they've been tracked, humans have been there for 11,000 years, and it is actually the uh, very first national park. So, got a lot of history, and you're absolutely right. It's almost like uh, if it's, hey, don't worry about it, it's uh, same old, same old, but we're going to just uh, make sure we keep looking at it uh, with every single eye we have just to play it safe. Is that reassuring? Is that a little bit of uh, hearing one thing but saying the other? Well, you know, one thing I heard about that is uh, they've been getting chatter off the you know NSA or whatever that there are various various terrorist groups that have been looking to use this as a weapon. That they believe that if they fire some kind of nuclear missile or several nuclear missiles at it, that will accelerate it at, at an exponential growth, and then that is what will help destroy the United States or not, not the whole United States, but a significant portion of it. And so that's something that they've been monitoring as well. But that's just what I heard. I don't know how true that is. Yeah. Another thing that makes me a little bit concerned is NASA actually did a study to see if they could pretty much cool it down far enough to guarantee that it wouldn't explode. 
Yeah, part of me actually sounds, I think here's that, I go, okay, they're coming up with solutions. They're trying to figure something out. But uh, hey, the atomic bomb was a solution, right? So yeah, anytime you come up with uh, trying to change nature, figuring things out as to uh, turn something off on the other side of the coin, you're turning it on and maybe cranking it to 11. Like for me, I can't think of a way to turn that into a weapon, but uh, the pessimist in me thinks anytime you're fooling around with temperatures, heat, lava, who knows? Uh, Maybe just a little bit pessimistic on my side, uh, but uh, yeah, that does raise a bit of an eyebrow for sure. It is I mean, crazy. I'm, this... I'm just saying, I'm not a scientist, but so the solution that they uh, recommended, and they actually budgeted for this, which is absolutely insane, is pumping thousands of gallons of cold water into the magma field at a high pressure and and it seems to me that that the amount of steam that would cause would cause different problems yeah i'm getting well said absolutely now somebody tried to uh yeah somebody tried to measure it somebody tried to measure it and they said uh you'd need the equivalent of four million olympic-sized swimming pools i think that's a scientific unit of measurement uh olympic-sized swimming pools but you need four million of them to actually put a dent in that. I mean, I mean, we have the water. It's just the, the thing of getting it there. Like, we don't have anything to hold that or pumping it in. Or, I mean, either do it so fast and so strongly, like the, the, the force, because it'll evaporate before it gets there. So you got to do it at an, an immense speed or pressure or whatever for it to work. Because right now, there's no technology to stop a super eruption. There's absolutely none. So I don't know what they're thinking about. Yeah, and it would have to come from the ocean. We have we don't have that much water anywhere else. Yeah, and much like Amber said, uh, I am also not a scientist. That sounds like the kind of thing uh, you would have asked five-year-old firefighter Nick, like, hey, how do we solve hot, hot magma under the earth? Let's just pump a bunch of cold water into it. Um, sure, uh, if there's some scientific backing to it, absolutely. It, it, it sounds a little odd. It's very eyebrow-raising. It's almost like, uh, it's, it's, it's almost so blue, but I want to think, What's really going on over there? What's NASA really doing at Yellowstone? I definitely understand that. It's like, I just, at this point, I mean, if we don't have the Avengers, then we're we're just screwed. There's nothing we can do. We need a Tony Stark type person. Oh, they're out there. They're they're hiding. They're they're, they're out there. Yeah, I think that's a topic for another episode, though. (laughs) <laughs> uh, one of the cool things when looking at when NASA did come up though um, which is amazing because uh, when looking up little things with NASA and Yellowstone uh, I did see that there was some discoveries of um, micro, uh, microbial ecosystems and life so they actually discovered some uh, life that can uh, live and thrive in 118 to 130 degrees Celsius and that's 244 to 266 degrees Fahrenheit uh, underground, active, thriving, that uh, could offer some insights into extreme living conditions. So I did uh, see that NASA did have some interest in that, uh, that they had interest in um, the uh, extreme uh, extreme conditions for life uh, that that can exist here. It can exist perhaps other places. So I do love the idea of space exploration. And that little part of NASA being there does uh, intrigue me, but it also... And it also, just like it answers a question, I do find it does ask a few more. And and looking up all this stuff um, of how volcanoes work, and they say to have all the pressure build up with the molten lava, magma, or whatever it is, 
they said that we would get a pretty good warning that this is going to happen. Like it would be, if not decades, at least a hundred year warning that it's about to start building up to where we'll start seeing signs. Like it wouldn't be perfectly fine one day and then boom, super volcano erupt the next day. It'll take years and years and years. So that was one of the main points in favor of, oh, we have plenty of time because even if it started today, nobody today would be probably be alive by the time it did erupt because of the warning signs that, that it would get. I mean, would we really though? I, I know like that you, other volcanoes have erupted with little to no warning. Um, how long did we have before Mount St. Helens? Do either of you remember? I do not I remember. remember. I believe I do know the one in uh, 2010 that, uh, no, I don't have the name uh, in front of me, the uh, huge uh, eruption in 2010, just the, uh, just the plumage into the air. I believe it was a full month before all uh, air. It basically really just affected air travel, which, Hey, sure. That's uh, great that it didn't, uh, uh, melt cities down or uh, totally destroy uh, huge parts of nature, but it did still affect uh, air travel, slowed down the economy and slowed everything down for a full month, uh, even little things like that. But there wasn't much of a warning for that one because um, it did catch us by surprise. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Mount St. Helens had about a month and a half by the looks of things, um, just on a quick Google search. But at the same time, there was an explosion in... Uh, New Zealand in 2019, the Wakari, better known as White Island, where they literally had like a minute of warning. And there were people on the volcano when it happened. Yeah, because I would say it's, and then it's so much different now than it was back in the day with the things that's going on in the world. Like the way we dig for rare earth minerals and the way we just, you know, like we didn't have tall skyscrapers all over the place, you know, all this stuff around, even though it's in the middle of nowhere, Montana, Wyoming, or whatever, I think the way we build around it still affects how it moves. So, like, I think things get accelerated when that happens. It's not on the same time frame. So, if something used to be, you know, you used to be able to plant a tree and it'll grow, but now they have better fertilizer or better whatever. So now things can grow faster. So it's it's, it's kind of like that in my mind. You can't use the same stuff you used 100 years ago or 10,000 years ago to, to measure. This is true. One of the things I think is uh, pretty amazing that we're still, uh, and I guess this goes back to, yeah, they're always there. They're always discovering. Um, when I, It's uh, relatively recent that a new magma chamber was discovered. Uh, I believe in the 80s, the volume of magma was discovered that contained 11,200 cubic miles of magma. Uh, that's uh, pretty, uh, that's quite a bit because they had already had uh, discovered 2.5 thousand cubic miles so combining that that uh, would fill the grand canyon nearly 14 times so that much magma is sitting there just for perspective um news reports are actually saying that they found another one just two years ago oh wow see that's uh, that's pretty amazing <laughs> yeah so i mean how much more is down there that we don't know about that's true but we're gonna i mean see I, we're gonna I think we'd be safe. I, I, when I was looking at this, I came across some, uh, some uh, preppers, and they are really selling bunkers for this place. They have it listed, and and uh, the Yellowstone, you know, you know, f except for the normal stuff, the nuclear fallout. They, I mean, they actually had the Yellowstone volcano was one of the reasons why you should buy one of their bunkers. It was, it was crazy. 
I absolutely do believe that there are people out there marketing uh, the possible eruption of Yellowstone. If there's anything you can hang your hat at, if there's money to be made off of it, I absolutely believe that. Absolutely. Especially where preppers are concerned. Uh, here's a question. Uh, I can't believe we haven't asked this, but uh, has any of us ever, and I can say that I have not, any of you have ever been to Yellowstone National Park? I have not. I try to stay away from the outdoors as much as possible. More people die outside than anywhere else, so I try to stay inside. But no, nah, no, nah, I haven't <laughs> been there. I try to stay around uh, where I live, just regular hiking trails, but I have not been up there. It's still a goal. Yeah. Especially I've... after Yellowstone, the show uh, came out. Yeah, I've been meaning to go for a few years. I have a friend that lives not far from there, but it just hasn't happened yet. And uh, you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, Yellowstone, uh, and I don't want to get that too much into anything uh, fictional. But there is a there is a fictional story or a book that I read that actually is really fascinating. It actually brings up uh, a little bit of a point here uh, as far as uh, Yellowstone has um, a actually huge amount of uh, animals. It's uh, the largest concentration of mammals in the lower 48 states with 67 species, which opposed to should an eruption happen. Uh, sadly, those are mammals we'd lose, but what would happen? In this fictional story, it's actually pretty brilliant by the gentleman who wrote uh, World War Z called uh, De-Evolution, where a very similar thing happens. A uh, national park, a uh, eruption happens, but uh, one of the mammals that comes out of hiding when it realizes that there is an eruption and it has to get out of there like everybody else is good old Bigfoot. And the, uh, the author actually came up with a pretty cool way to put them into a very believable fictional story that I'm actually thinking, yeah, you know what? Now, I don't expect Bigfoot to pop out of Yellowstone if there were an eruption, but that could be, uh, you know, uh, potentially um, extinct species, species we thought were endangered. Uh, that might be a small, like, you'd have to, of course, get them as they're fleeing. But uh, that's an interesting little implication I thought of if we could, uh, if something were happen, if somebody would be looking at what uh, would we lose as far as species, animals. Uh, are there people preserving those animals just in case right now? I mean, One thing I do find interesting is about is about right. animals, uh, how they predict stuff like this. Like when there was there, there's a tsunami or an earthquake, all of a sudden animals just take off running. Like when they had the big uh, tsunami before, all animals just took off running. Everybody's like, "What's going on?" It's like so. Anytime you see a bunch of animals running, uh, maybe you should run the way they're going. I would definitely be inclined to agree. And hey, if you're running away from Yellowstone, you all of a sudden uh, see Bigfoot next to you, just uh, give him a high five and uh, tell him Nick the bartender's got a nice cold one for him, all right? Assuming Bigfoot's a drinker. If, if they, I, I imagine if Bigfoot uh, is around, I, I think he enjoys a pint hanging out at Yellowstone. Of course, I'm making some odd headcanon as a bartender here, but uh, you mentioned uh, never being to Yellowstone and myself never being there. Um, I will say also, even though it's not top of the list, I would absolutely love to visit Yellowstone someday. How about yourselves? It is definitely, definitely on the list for me. Yeah, but I, but I think Bigfoot drinks a lot of water, a lot of spring water. Does keep pretty healthy. Is uh, long, you know, longevity. He's been around for a while. So yeah, no, yeah he's good been around point. for a long time. Probably, yeah, and you turn me down. Yeah, you know, I'm not getting that tip. Yeah, I mean Bigfoot. You know, I guess I'll be uh, making him a Shirley Temple. Really can't go wrong with the Shirley Temple. Actually, as a bartender, one of the things I was looking for when we were doing a little research was I was actually looking to see if there was a Yellowstone drink. I got then I, I can't believe there isn't, uh, or at least that I could find a geyser drink something. And uh, so, if anything, this has taught me a little bit of inspiration. There's got to be something out there, uh, and I was a little disappointed that there wasn't. So, I'm going to take this uh, inspiration and uh, turn it into something for sure. I'd say now you'll be the first one. You got to invent it. 
Okay, it's already got a color in there. So uh, Yellowstone, something on the rocks, it, it it makes itself. You know, it's uh, it, yeah, it, it sells itself. Some fire, some some fireball in there, a, li- a yeah, little red, orange, yellow color to make it look like some magma. But we actually do want to prevent eruptions. That's actually we're, we're also going to prevent eruptions. So absolutely. So maybe two versions of it. Yeah, there you go. Also looking at okay. uh, the University of Utah, uh, one thing that uh, you are seeing um, happening more with the advent of technology is uh, more 3D imaging around uh, where you will see a little bit more information. Um, when, I, like myself bringing up the chamber discovery and then Amber saying we had another, I wouldn't be shocked, and this is totally speculation, but uh, I could see them discovering more and more of them. Like, where will it end? Like, am, am I sitting uh, over a, a magma chamber up here in Canada? Like, who knows? But uh, that's also the amazing thing about technology. It's like, you know, we think we're pretty safe in this and that. But what if, you know what, we forgot to carry the one? Yeah, it's erupting next week. Exactly. Um, so that being said, you know, I think we've covered the ins and outs of why we think it might possibly erupt next week. What about why we think it might not? The main reason why I think it might not is because a lot, like not a few, a lot of very, very smart people that have a lot of degrees say it's not going to. So it's like I tend to lean toward them because they study this thing like their entire lives. And so a lot of the, a lot of them who are from, you know, all the big fancy schools, I mean, they're saying that they're not saying that it's not going to. They just think it's a long way off. And, and like I said earlier, they sincerely believe that because of the size of it, we would have a lot more forewarning than than other ones because uh, like you said that uh, the Mount St. Helen was like a five and this one is a lot more powerful so we would have a lot more warning that it does happen and there is a, a volcano warning system that's out there for the for the nation so they have something that's kind of in place it's not you know 100% accurate like predicting the rain but that's the best thing we have but they think that we're pretty safe we don't have to worry yeah, I yeah. tend to oh. want to believe the scientists uh, when they when they do say uh, to erupt, they need enough eruptable magma beneath the surface and pressure to cause that magma to ascend. Neither condition is in place at Yellowstone right now, but right now is right now. So there is definitely that um, for the listeners. You know, while there are a lot of people out there discussing the conspiracy theories that went up behind this, when we're doing our research, we try to use sources that are reputable um for instance here while we did use wikipedia for some of the base statistics we also looked at national geographic uh scientific american united states geological society sites like that so we are getting this information directly from reputable scientists yeah and i and i was very bad at science in high school so that's why i tend to defer to them because um y'all don't want to listen to me with my high C average of science. Anybody here do the classic uh, make a volcano for science uh, project to throw some vinegar and baking soda and uh, food coloring in there and call it a day when they were younger? Yeah. I actually did that with my goddaughter last week. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. Well, we did that. uh, And uh, yeah, surprising we didn't get as good a grade as we thought because we pretty much did that and figured that was it. That was all put a bow on it and said, here you go, teach. And, uh, like, okay, what are you trying to demonstrate here? And what are the layers of magma and this and that? We're like, uh, we got baking soda. Check it out. And, uh, I do like it when they do it at the at the hibachi place with the onions and they uh, make the volcano erupt. I do like that one, though. But overall, I think that from everything I've read, 
the YouTube videos. Uh, it was a really good one, Naked Science, that showed when I mean, they did a, like a computer re- recreation of what would happen. And it was just absolutely terrifying. So I'm leaning on the side of it not happening for a while because I just need it to not happen for a while. It would be really good if it didn't happen for a while. Uh, I I think as far as the actual explosion zone, I would be Nick and I would be pretty much safe. Nick is far enough north of everything, and I'm far enough west that uh, the initial impact. Well, we would probably feel the earthquake, and I imagine you would feel that hundreds of miles away. We we wouldn't have the ground literally collapsing beneath us. But on the flip side, the well, maybe we'd have enough warning to get out of the fallout. <laughs> Correct. And the population is kind of low up there in Montana and Wyoming. And I mean, no life is uh, bad to lose, but there's not millions of people living on top of this thing. And that actually gets back to a little bit of uh, if it were to erupt at the very worst scenario, um, how much uh, population, what would be the absolute loss? And that's actually a scenario I wasn't able to exactly find. Uh, however, one uh, one interesting little uh, quote I was uh, listening to um, on one of the uh, sources was that uh, that you even with the worst of the worst, America and even North America is pretty confident you wouldn't even you wouldn't even see uh, the collapse of government, let alone the collapse of humanity. They assume uh, that uh, North American government can run with a loss of up to twenty five percent of the population, and they'd still be able to keep things under control, which whatever you want to read, keep things under control. But uh, that was an interesting little fact that was applied to this uh, that I kind of thought, okay, they're, it's, it's almost a little morbid that they've kind of figured that out. But on the other side of the coin, they do have to figure those numbers out, I guess. But uh, 25%, that uh, seems awfully high, especially for someone coming from a population uh, of 40 million people. Yeah. Um, I, I just pulled it up. How stuff work? estimated it as approximately 90,000 people. I I think the bigger concern before the nuclear fallout is the loss of wildlife. There are some significantly endangered creatures in that area, which could possibly take some of them from endangered to extinct. And there's also the amount of, you know, just forestation we would lose. Yeah, that's true. And then the amount of uh, like ash and cloud that that covers the sky, um, and they showed how the ash it it's like it weighs six six times more than wet snow, so it would destroy most buildings because you know snow on the roof of a lot of buildings is almost too much weight, so this would collapse almost anything it 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 comes onto. So buildings would be destroyed, the weather would be severely changed. The animals would be messed up, so it's like we could lose all those people, but it would be a lot less resources for us to have to use anyway. So it's like a oh, man, it's one of those tough things. When it comes um, down to it, it's beautiful. And uh, the uh, one thing I uh, got to say, and thank you for the awesome subject, was uh, just looking at all these amazing pictures. There's a beautiful national park. It's uh, fantastic. It's uh, something that uh, it would be uh, bring a tear to my eye to see lose, and I can absolutely see why uh, Ulysses S. Grant uh, protected it as the very first national park many, many years ago. It is definitely a very diverse region. It and is. Well, so if, you're, uh, if you're a naturalist, that's something you definitely uh, want to spend a lot of time out there. Or if you're a hiker well, or a backpacker. 
Oh, that sounds amazing. I'd love to get hiking backpacking up there. Fantastic. Up here in the north, we got some great trails, but I uh, saw some pictures and some videos of Yellowstone, and I uh, got some Canuck jealousy for sure. If I could add one little fun thing uh, while doing a little bit of research, uh, one little, uh, a little additional uh, uh, theory or event on top of this, with uh, Yellowstone National Park being in three separate states, I did read about the uh, death zone. And so I heard the death zone, you naturally hear, okay, that's the zone of where the plumage or where the volcano is going to erupt, where people... It actually has nothing to do with that whatsoever, nothing to do with the volcano, nothing to do with uh, Faithful. It's actually a very, very fascinating uh, law or misinterpretation or, I guess, loophole of the laws, uh, without getting too into it. I am not a lawyer. Uh, basically, in 2005, a lawyer discovered that uh, the way that it is worded, any felony committed in a certain portion of Yellowstone National Park there are, there's no way to collect a jury of uh, peers. There's no population there, but it specifies that the jury would have to be pulled from said spot where there's no population. So it's cleared a bit of a loophole. Um, interesting little fact, definitely something to look up, the, uh, the Yellowstone death zone I've seen it referred to. But uh, And I bring this up not to encourage people to go to Yellowstone to commit crimes. The reason the lawyer did bring it up in 2005 was not to encourage people to go hide bodies in Yellowstone. It was actually so the law could be changed. It is not changed, but a little bit of extra interesting reading. Look up the uh, death zone. I mean, if if we're branching on from the supervolcano itself and the caldera, there's there's a lot of uh, interesting topics we could cover. Uh, more people go missing in national parks than in cities every year. Wow, that's a little spooky. That's, yeah. uh, people underestimate think. how big these places are and how untraveled or how easy it is to get lost or can't be found. I mean, in some places, the forest is so thick that you could walk within feet of somebody and not know they're there. Yeah. Or, you know, there are glaciers in Yellowstone. And Glaciers are full of crevasses, and they're constantly shifting and changing. So if you fall in one of those, it could be decades before anybody finds out what happens. You know what? That's, uh, I'm almost embarrassed you mentioned glaciers, and I totally forgot about the glaciers at uh, Yellowstone National Park, which uh, only cranks the beauty factor up by another few, which is uh, just awe-inspiring. Very amazing. I believe it even has a petrified forest, which we haven't brought up, which is even... I have never been to a petrified forest. There's a lot of natural beauty out there. Definitely there there go, definitely no. is. But is all this beauty, subterfuge, is all this beauty to hide something? Is all this beauty to hide some ugly? And uh, sometimes the pessimist in me, you know, Amber, you brought it up, the great points of, you know, there's a lot of people out there, they're putting out some pretty interesting facts, but uh, maybe these are facts they've had uh, in the back of their mind for a while. And they wonder why all of a sudden it becomes, oh, no, they found another uh, reserve of magma or, Ah, we found some micro life that uh, you know you won't know it's there, but trust us, it's there. So we're gonna keep on working on this. So yeah, I'm thinking so, lava weapons. I don't know. That's uh, oh goodness. <laughs> I I think that is a topic all its own. Um, that being said, why don't we cover last points, and then I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on whether you think it's likely that this will happen or not. Uh, Nick, why don't you go first? Absolutely. So uh, it was amazing learning all about uh, Yellowstone's history. Some of the things that I thought I knew, uh, I thought it was just a, a beautiful park surrounded by a guy with a geyser surrounded by a little bit of volcanic activity. I had no idea how uh, huge this super volcano, uh, the implications that uh, 
it would be the most massive thing that the Earth has ever seen as far as uh, the volcanic explosivity index. And uh, that is a little shocking. It's a little scary. I'm a little glad, like you said, that uh, we both live out of that circle. I do have a little concern for my friends that do live in that uh, circle, but I go to sleep not worrying about an eruption because if I were to put some money onto it, I would say it's not going to erupt. And if it does, I guess uh, whoever had the bets with, well, you know, so I sincerely believe that there probably isn't something hiding information or that we don't want to know, but there probably is a little bit, uh, something that would scare us all, something out there that uh, they're just not showing us and someone's got to find it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what about you, Cool Breeze? So what I was thinking is um, I don't think it will in our lifetime. I, I really don't. Like the at the magnitude that they say it's going to happen to where, you know, we're just done for. However, I do believe that it's possible it can be in our lifetime, just not as big as that. It might be something noticeable. It's like uh, when I was watching, I saw the, you know, like the steam coming out, like how old faithful, the little geysers. It might be something like that, but not the liquid magma ash. It might just be a lot of steam or a lot of like a shock wave to where it's felt for a big area, but not to a, a you know, catastrophic event. So that's what I think. So I think it's like a, a half and half. I'm kind of in the middle on this one. How about All yourself, right. Andrew? So there was one thing, one bit of information we did not cover that I'm going to bring up before. Uh, so National Scientific Foundation, actually, the article that I was reading says that the caldera is in a death cycle, which means that not only do they not think it's likely to erupt in the next couple thousand years, they're not sure it's ever going to erupt again. That is very interesting, the fact that or the idea that it could never erupt again. Can't they, all this death, can't they call it a life cycle? Can't they just be a little more positive, though? But uh, that is at least some reassuring and uh, interesting information. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I am definitely deferring to the scientists on this. They know far more about this than I do. Um, speaking to a couple of people that I know at the U.S. Geological Society, they also don't think it's going to explode anytime, at least in our lifetime. And they're hesitant to say that it will or won't explode again in the next thousand, two thousand years. Um, but as I know these people and I know their degrees, I definitely understand that they have a better understanding of what's going on than I do. Uh, any last notes, gentlemen? Oh, that's it for me. That's all I can think of. Same here. I hope to someday uh, get to Yellowstone, and I hope someday Yellowstone doesn't get to me. Awesome. All right, nice. everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, this has been Chatter from the Underground. We'll see you next time. Cheers. <laughs>